Welcome into a postseason edition of the Scrimmage Play podcast, joined by Bart Isley. I am Damon Dillman, and we are through one weekend of the high school football playoffs. We're going to take a look back at that first round of the postseason, who's moving on, who had some big performances, and we're going to look ahead as well to the three remaining local teams. I'll have to hit the road in round two. We're going to have more on that coming up a little bit later. But first, Bart, let's begin, as we always do here on the Scrimmage Play podcast, with the Offensive Player of the Week, and that goes to Louisa County's Landon Wilson, putting up some big numbers in the win. Yeah, I mean, he was he was just a, a dude in this one. I mean, he's always a dude, but he was a dude, the dude in this one. Uh, 268 yards, three TDs. Uh, I joked with Will Patrick that he'd spread the ball enough to keep him, you know, keep him away from 300 yards, which is unfortunate. Nice round number. Uh, but 268, three TDs would have been four, but he fumbled on a play and it rolled forward. And then Gabe Thomas jumped on it, the big offensive lineman. So um, just really, really impressive performance from him. And he had a pick on defense too. Um, but, you know, Landon Wilson is, he's special for a lot of reasons, but I think that this one was that he trusted the system and he trusted the play. A lot of this stuff looked like reads to me and he made the right read seemingly every play. Um, and just gashed him. And he was doing all of it between the tackles, man. Just really, really impressive uh, performance from him uh, all the way across the board. Now, due to some scheduling conflicts, some other issues, we weren't able to record a podcast last week. So I know in addition to some of the other guys who had big weeks this week, you wanted to mention some of the guys from that last weekend of the regular season who we might not have been able to sneak in there because we weren't able to record last week. Oh, yeah, come on, man. And one of them is Landon Wilson, 99 on the ground, 110 through the air, three total <laughs> in the final regular season game. I mean, that's the kind of year that the guys have it. So he's he's definitely – we've been able to have the pod last week. He would have been on there for sure. Another offensive player two weeks ago, regular season, Caden Morrow from Western, 161 yards and four touchdowns. We're going to talk about Caden Morrow again. The guys who are playing, like, have turned it on in this month, and they're playing in a big way. And Paul Poirier in his last – Game at home, 176 yards passing, 75 rushing, three total touchdowns in Orange's tough battle, uh, close loss with Western. So uh, a heck of a performance from from those guys. And then when you fast forward to this week, we're actually supposed to be talking about Caden Morrow again, man. Caden Morrow, 114 yards on the ground. Kyle Keaton, his backfield mate, 94 yards. Kyle Keaton, man, like a bowling ball. You just can't really take that guy down. Um, he – it's just been tremendous. They've had to use him a lot more because Dakota Howell is at, out, but Keaton has been keeping it rolling, keeping things happening. Um, just a really, really impressive, impressive performance from both those guys. And then in the game up at, uh, up at Woodbury, Woodbury versus Episcopal, Landon Ellis, 71-yard catch and run, helped set up Donovan Baker's game-winning touchdown. Uh, Harley Schuford on the throw to him, another junior. Those guys are back next year. That's an exciting combo to look out for next, next year. And – Landon Ellis just deserves some credit for the work he did in just five games that he returned from a collarbone injury, 30 catches, 568 yards, six touchdowns. I mean, he's a guy, he's a dude too. So it's a lot of good performances happening right now, but yeah, we're down to three teams and that kind of encapsulates the offense right there. Cause we got two teams that are getting it done almost solely on the ground. And then you flip over and you got Goochland doing a little bit through the air, but Goochland brings us to defense. Yeah, the dude abides. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, defensive player of the week, 
this isn't just one individual. This is kind of a unit award this week. Uh, you mentioned Goochland. Their season was literally online uh, in that game against Culpepper, and they came through when they needed to. Yeah, they it, the season's over if they don't stop him on that third down uh, in, in that playoff game. I mean, it's, it's just absolutely unequivocally over. Kai Burton called it in the story that Logan Riddick, our Logan Riddick wrote, uh, he called it the play of our careers. And they went out and made a stop. I mean, like, that's all you can ask for from a unit. And you got to be impressed that unit is kind of held together as well as it has because the offense has gone through such a, a tough run, a sort of roller coaster run. And they came up with the game winning touchdown in that one, uh, a big pass from CJ Towles to uh, Jason Woodson. Big time play. Awesome, awesome performance. But I mean, they, they have had a tough year. And it was great to see their offense kind of get some things going. Ian Pace got involved. Woodson got involved. Towns started to move the ball a little better. But the defense is what's held that team afloat all year. And, again, they had to rely on that group. And Dan Summit does an amazing job out there with that defense. And it's just a heck of a thing to see them and put that together and make that stop. And then, you know, you look at Western's defense, too. Turned a 42-point Halifax squad uh, into a one-dimensional effort and limited them just seven points. You got to play good defense to win right now, and, and they're getting it done. Yeah, that was going to be kind of my point to make is that the teams you're talking about are the teams at this point who are moving on. Before we move on, uh, any defensive performances from that final week of the regular season that you wanted to uh, spotlight that we didn't get a chance to cover last week? You know we got defensive performances from that. I figured we had defensive. Western Almar's Jaden Step with the strip and score. Uh, he had a team high. He's had a team high eleven pass breakups on the year. Kind of quietly done a really good job. And they needed someone to step up at corner with Nathan Simon going down, the quarterback uh, who also plays at corner. It, you know, in the game against Halifax, they had to switch Joey Birch over guarding Halifax's top guy, just because he's tough. And the rest of the secondary really stepped up in a nice way with Birch having to concentrate over there when he usually plays that center field spot. So really, really good effort all the way around from the secondary at Western the last couple of weeks. And then we got – it's tough because I hate that we didn't have a podcast last week. But <laughs> Madison County, man, the win that they had to finish out the season over Luray is just so – it's just really, really special because that is a team that could have easily rolled over this year. Feels like they've had a lot go not their way. They've had a frustrating time. They had the frustrating stuff that happened after William Monroe, and they have stuck together. They stuck with the plan. They believed in what's going on out there, and you got to just be impressed with what Larry Helmick is doing. And Morgan Tompkins uh, was another guy we would have highlighted as Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, 7.5 tackles, two forced fumbles, and a huge win over Loray. And in a rare, we do offense, we do defense. How about some special teams? A uh, third side of the ball here. A bonus, uh, Tyler Black at Goochland. He was all over the place on Friday. Let's give it up for Tyler Black, man. I, when you are at Goochland and you're a kicker, you have a strong legacy to follow. I mean, <laughs> one name in particular still haunts certain guys who used to coach in the Jefferson District or coach against Goochland, and that's Colby Cook. He was terrifying. Not to mention the fact that he was on the same team as Thomas Meadows, who was booting punts all over the place. Cook went on to kick in the SEC. Meadows went on to punt in the Big Ten. And now Tyler Black is there, and he is playing really, really good football. Four touchbacks, including a really critical one at the end of the game after the game-winning touchdown. 
He hit the game-winning PAT. He had an onside kick to start the game that the Bulldogs recovered, and he hit a field goal to end that drive. I mean, it, does not very, it doesn't happen very often that a kicker has that much of an impact on a game. And he just had a huge impact in so many different ways. Especially really. in the playoffs. What a, oh, man, yeah. I mean, he just had such he a game changer. Blew it up. He was a game changer for sure. All right, and that brings us to the CNG Paving Road Grader of the Week and Louisa County's Eli Brooks. We talked about earlier about the way Landon Wilson performed for Lions, but Eli Brooks up front, uh, another big difference maker for the Lions in that way. I think that you could make the argument that Western maybe has the best total offensive line unit, like just the way that those guys work together. Um, but Will Patrick, Louise's coach, and like he'd, he'd make the argument that he has the best line for sure. And it's a <laughs> valid argument because when you start the conversation with Eli Brooks, it is difficult to argue against anything else. I mean, Brooks, we've talked about him repeatedly on the podcast. We've talked about him in print. We've talked about him wherever we can because this guy is absolutely out of his mind good. Um, and, and Will Patrick called him the best lineman in the region. I agree. I, I think it's, it's just really challenging to argue any other way. I, he's, he does a lot defensively, but offensively, when that guy pulls, like, I just don't know what you're supposed to do. Wait till he passes and hope to slide in behind him. Like, that's like, that's your best option. Because otherwise you're getting blown up or you're getting knocked down. You're getting moved wherever he needs you to move him. I mean, he's a beast. And, you know, in the biggest games, they've gone right behind that guy repeatedly. Uh, against Western, they rushed for 399. My guess is about 300 of it came behind Eli. I mean, they came and mirrored that performance against EC Glass with 398 rushing yards. ton of it was behind Eli. Like, he is just so, so good. Elijah Brooks, man, he's just a name that, that a lot, I think that, you know, Quentin Spellman is awesome too. That's the crazy thing. It's like, like picking between the two of them is impossible because they're so attached at the hip anyway, just personally. And then you throw on top of the fact that like in games, they just are such game changers. They have two guys that are unlike most other teams have one guy up and he's, they're special guys, special, special players. And you know, they, they had a huge night um, and they had a huge night because Eli Brooks was clearing the way. Would you like to take a step back and go back to the final week of the regular season? And uh, no, I want to step a special back. bonus CNG paving road grader of the week here as well. You know, I want to step back there. I and know you do. You know I want to give a little more love to Madison County. Andrew Hall, uh, he's a second team all bowl run selection for it. That's a tough, that's a challenging district to even make all district in. I mean, there's just a lot. There's a lot of really good programs in that Clark, Strasburg, Central Woodstock. There's a ton of programs. To get on second team up there is really impressive for Andrew Hall. Um, he's made massive improvement under Larry Helmick. They won three games. They won three games. They battled their way into the playoff. I mean, that's a huge step in the right direction for Madison County. Andrew Hall, a really big reason why. Yeah, he would definitely CNG Road Grader of the Week for the final week of the regular season. And with that in mind, we would like to thank the presenting sponsor CNG paving. If you want your paving or asphalt job done right the first time, you want CNG to knock it out. With 30 years of experience under owner Jeff Gray, this family-owned local business has been taking care of roads, parking lots, and driveways across Central Virginia for decades. And with a five-star rating on Facebook, you know they're gonna get it right. Give them a call at 540-456-6179 today for a free estimate. And so that brings us to 
Now, we don't want to go back and preview the games that already happened, right? No, we don't want to do that. We're good now. Okay. All right. So that brings us to the previews was right. And it just okay. and nobody needs to go back and read and double check that. Your lines were spot on. I, I just I I've made I made a lot of money betting on playoff games this weekend. We nailed on those screens. <laughs> so yeah, like we said at the top of the show, three teams still standing here in Central Virginia in these in the uh, second round of the playoffs. Now all three of them have to go on the road in this second round. And let's start with Goochland. We talked about the way they were able to get it done against against Culpepper now they have to hit the road and go to the former George Mason now Meridian yeah no no easy task it's what's funny about these teams now like we are in all corners of the state uh away from here I mean you got Louisa down at Salem you got Goochland all the way up at Fairfax you got Western all the way down at GW Danville like if we could have thrown one team in down at the 757 we would have had it all covered um but a really challenging uh, situation for Gooseland to go on the road. Meridian's been playing really good football. At the same time, Region 3B, top to bottom, is not that not that strong. Um, and I think that you could see Goochland even as like, a, it, you know, obviously they hosted that first game, but, you know, did not have the kind of regular season that Goochland has come to expect from itself. And I think that when you see the, the, see them getting a chance to go to Meridian, they've got the advantage on a lot of these teams just as far as pure postseason experience goes. I mean, the, the, the coaching staff itself, some of the guys who have played, they've been into big games. CJ towels is only a short time removed as a salt from when as a sophomore, he's playing in a state semifinal. I mean, this guy's seen everything that anybody can throw. When you've, when you've gone head to head with Travion Henderson, who's now tearing it up at Ohio state, you've seen everything. And I think that that's, Goochland is not going to be intimidated in this game. They're not going to be shook by it. And I think that they have a chance to go on the road and, and get it done. And I think that that to me is what, you know, obviously they're not the same kind of team that they've been, but maybe they have enough in the intangibles to be able to go get it done. And then you pivot over to region 4D and two of the final four teams in that region are from the Jefferson district. Both of them have to hit the road, start with Western making that trip down 29 to GW Danville and, and a tough matchup there, obviously. Region 3B versus Region 4D is night and day. I mean, it, it, Region 4D is loaded. Um, this is arguably one of the best regions in the state. You know, when a team as good as EC Glass, coached by a guy who's been in as many games, you know, big-time games as Jeff Woody has, can't make it out of the first round, that says a lot about how tough this region is. Uh, it's, it's just a super challenge. And Western has to go down there to GW Danville, and, you know, you're lucky, lucky for the Warriors, the ghosts don't get to play. The guys who have, you know, GW Danville has been good for so long that even people that you talk about in the area that played at a Charlottesville that had to go down and play GW, like way back in the day in the 90s and the 80s, you know, those guys, that is a legendary school, a legendary program. And now Western has to go down there and play. The ghosts don't get to play though. So you've got to play with who you got. And if Western can keep imposing their will and their standard and they don't like if western gets behind it does start to feel challenging for them to rally back although they did rally you know rally a little bit against orange but it it does become challenging when you want to run the ball and control the clock then you've got to be able to get up and get in control or at least keep it dead even because otherwise you're going to get yourself into trouble but i love what this defense is doing they are completely locked down really messed up halifax 
Um, when you haven't had a chance to play them against, they're really physical. And I think that, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they handle a, G, a GW team that has a big-time reputation for physicality, too. Like, they're tough. They're hard-nosed. They're going to play football in, in a big way, and they've beaten some really, really good teams this year already. So a really exciting game for Western to kind of test itself. But they're going to have to really put, you know, they're going to have to stay in control of this one because if they get behind, it becomes very difficult to do it with Joey Birch moving over to quarterback like he did a few games ago, and he doesn't have that receiver out there that's him to go to. And I think that, to me, may end up being the difference. But I thought that might be the difference for like four weeks now, and I've been wrong every time. Um, Western just keeps getting it done because that defense is so good and that offensive line is so good. Yeah, and like you were saying about this Region 4D bracket and how deep it is and how how strong it is, Louisa's got to go face the number one seed in that bracket, got to visit Salem, and this is another one of those programs that's got a lot of history. We've seen these programs meet before for, for the state title a few years ago, and this is uh, this is obviously another one. Louisa, the expectation is to be practicing on Thanksgiving at Louisa. They're going to have to get past a really good Salem team to uh, to make that happen. Two games in a row in the last two weeks at legendary stadiums. And, and that says a lot, you know, they got to go into Salem's victory stadium or whatever. And like, they've got to, you know, you're playing in a collegiate stadium, you know, the place where they host the stag bowl. I mean, like that's a big place to play. And, and, you know, that's where state championships are contested. And Louisa has been playing. Louisa played so well last week and imposed their will. If they have a repeat performance of what they did against Western, what they did against glass, Salem's going to have their hands full. Like it's just because you don't get the ball back. You don't get a chance to get your hands on it. And you got to step up and meet the physical challenge that they create. Now on the flip side of that Salem is loaded up offensively. They've been putting up big numbers all year. Got a thousand yard rusher. They got a thousand yard thrower at quarterback. They got a guy with like 785. He's going to JMU at wide receiver. I mean, they got dudes on dudes. Even the tight ends caught like 245 yards passing, which is what 2J has for Western. Uh, by the way, and uh, he's the second leading receiver on this team. He's like the tight is like the third or fourth guy. So, I mean, it, this is a really dynamic offense, but EC Glass was a really dynamic offense. And then they ran into Louisa and just really couldn't move the ball like they had. So I, I think that if Louisa can keep playing at the level, they are playing and they're playing with such a chip on their shoulder. Like it's wild to hear Louisa saying like, nobody thought we belonged here. Now, I would argue that a lot of people thought they belonged there. <laughs> I would argue that. But they are not playing. with they, they are completely bought in that they are the underdog. They're the ones that have so much to prove, just the scrappy. I mean, they're in on it. And, and, like, and they are playing with no – I mean, there's no governor on this team. I mean, they are wide open the entire time. And it's so fun to watch because they are playing like every play is life or death. And when you have a team that's that bought in and that believes that much, that's a special, special situation. And they've got a lot of dudes who are really talented, who also super believe. And I think that's a great recipe. Will Patrick's done a phenomenal job of keeping these guys kind of moving forward, even when this hasn't gone as easily as it has in the past with the King George loss, the Almar loss. They're not used to you, you know, they're not used to losing in the regular season, but maybe that being a little bit battered has helped them and, and made a difference because they believe right now. And you gotta love when your quarterback's rushing for 268, another almost hundred from your running back, and your defense is just absolutely locking up a really good team. That's another good recipe right there. 
All right. And we will see Friday night, all three of these games. We will see who's able to advance, survive to the region championship game. And like I said earlier, see who's practicing Thanksgiving week. That's kind of the goal. You know, you've had a pretty good season when you're still practicing on Thanksgiving week. So yeah, we'll see who survives and advances one more week in this postseason. For Bart Isley, I am Damon Dillman. I want to thank you for joining us here on the uh, Scrimmage Play podcast. I want to apologize we couldn't be with you last week one more time, but we will be back to see who's still standing a week from now. Thanks, Bart. Thank you.